Welcome to the Manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors, Macabre Manor of Mead, Metal, and Mayhem. I'm Jody. And I'm James Morning. And I'm James. <laughs> Welcome to part two of Lucifer the series. <laughs> right, right. Not our autobiographies, just a no. show. Yes. <laughs> la, 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 la. <laughs> <sighs> They're waiting on those checks, Fox. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, yeah. The, the first one ran long. Yes, longer <laughs> than we thought. So here's part two, <laughs> <laughs> which is what every girl who dated Lucifer says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'll I just... didn't know where. I didn't want to know where else you wanted to go on that. <laughs> Uh, so picking up where we last left off. <laughs> okay, so I mentioned uh, the show Arrow and the Arrowverse on CW. So the Arrowverse, if you don't know what the Arrowverse is, that is part of the DC Extended Universe, which is like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. DC's had a lot more success on TV than they have in the films, whereas Marvel's had a lot more success on film than they had on TV um, until they started doing the Netflix series. And now, especially on Disney Plus, the Disney Marvel Plus, stuff, yeah, yeah. yeah, has really taken off. But the, you know, originally they were, originally they did stuff on ABC, then Netflix, then Disney Plus. So the Arrowverse is the TV shows that air on CW, and every year they do a crossover event. Now, Sandman and Lucifer, the comic books, were you know published by Vertigo, which is a DC imprint, so they are part of the DC comic universe. So in 2019, during the Arrowverse crossover event, Tom Ellis appears as Lucifer in an episode of The Flash that takes place during the Crisis on Infinite Earths event, which involves the multiverse. So alternate universes, alternate Earths, right? Right, yeah. And so it's only one scene, lasts about three minutes. Um, So if you're not into those shows or you don't want to watch all of those shows just to see this one scene... Uh, the episode is up on Netflix, or you can search for it on YouTube. It is available on YouTube. I've found several YouTube videos that had that clip. It takes place on Earth 666. <laughs> Which we've done an episode on. Yes. But this is not the Earth where the Lucifer TV series takes place. <laughs> and a lot of people think it is. But it's, but it's not. But it's not. It's Flynn. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Nice one. <laughs> Thanks. This is what alcohol does for me. <laughs> yes. Um, so, so the scene does take place in Los Angeles, right outside of the nightclub. But that's important that you notice the nightclub because you see the sign in this episode. It doesn't say Lux. It says Rex, which is also Latin. Or King. Yes. So the fact that the nightclub has a totally different name this is not the same earth that Lucifer, the series takes place on. I like that. <laughs> I do too, because then you can still have a fun Lucifer Tom Ellis. Yeah. But it's, but it's different. <laughs> right. So some, uh, some Easter eggs going back to Neil Gaiman, two of Neil Gaiman's books get mentioned or, or, or well, one of them gets featured uh, Coraline. There's, there's actually a scene where Chloe is reading Coraline to Trixie. Thank you for pronouncing that the correct way, by the way. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> now, there's another book of his that got mentioned, 
and I don't really know anything about it. Uh, the one about the talking pig. <laughs> uh, was it Tuesday? Oh, crap. I, I, he does have a few kids books I have never read. I don't remember the line from the episode, but uh, Chloe's talking to Dan. And she goes, did, did she con you into reading her the one about the, pig, the talking pig again? <laughs> <laughs> and it's a reference to Tuesday, which is a, a game of the book. Oh, uh, okay. It's actually okay. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the music that they use in the show. Um, they, they do use David Bowie. I think fame's in the pilot episode. Rebel Rebel. I uh, don't remember where that is. And Heroes. Gets used in season six. No, they used it at the end of season three because it was in the episode Once Upon a Time. Okay, I was, uh, yeah, the song I was thinking of in season six was a different song and it wasn't Bowie. So, okay then. <laughs> yeah, um, completely not Bowie. Um, they, they do use the Rolling Stones. Um, <laughs> okay, gotta tell you, yeah. that would be an awesome indie band name. Completely not Bowie. <laughs> 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 there you go. Um, so, uh, so yeah, Rolling Stones. They, they do use some Rolling Stones. But surprisingly, they don't use the one Rolling Stones song you think they would use in a show called Lucifer. <laughs> 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 they do not use Sympathy for the Devil. Hey, um, oh, damn, I was going to say, can you guess the song's name? <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's okay. Everybody yeah. knows. <laughs> yes. The, the title song, which you heard earlier, is uh, by Heavy Young Heathens. And that snippet you heard is all that you hear in the episode in the, that's all they use. That's it. It's called uh, being evil has a price. So, so a lot of the music that gets used in the show, I'm not necessarily a fan of the type of music because it's, it's a lot of indie rock. It's a lot of pop style music. Um, There is, but, but they also have bits in there that are sort of a like grungy, evil carnival rock. They do. That I, I kind of like Nick Cave sort of yeah. feel, and, and I love that. Yeah, and I, but well, see that that's what I was going to say. This it's not stuff that normally I would listen to, and for the majority of those songs, I would not go out and look for the artist or even just buy the individual songs. But the songs they use, they do a fantastic job of picking them, and the songs always fit, even if it's just kind of a a musical bumper in a in a, in a change between scenes or something they do a fantastic job of picking the music and picking music that works really well i I, I don't know who's in charge of doing that but and what i do know that one of the things that they look for in a song is usually a mention somewhere in the lyrics of the devil that helps (laughs) and that may not even be part of the line or you know a line that's in the part that they use but (laughs) but that that is one of the criteria that they tend to look for now, in addition to all of that, Tom Ellis does his own singing in the song or in the series. And when the producers found out that he actually could sing, they made a point of giving him the opportunity to do so as often as they could. He is quite good. He, he is. And that, that's one of the reasons why he reminds me of Tom Jones. He actually, to me, I think he has a similar voice to Tom Jones. That's because he's Welsh. And whenever they speak and they go up at the end. <clears throat> Never mind. <laughs> yes. Um, now, Lucifer plays the piano. Tom Ellis does not play the piano. So early on in the season, or early on the season, early on in the series, when you would see Lucifer at the piano, Tom Ellis would be miming playing the piano. 
And if they actually did show somebody's hands on the keys, it was either a close-up of the hand, so it was just, you know, a hand actor who could play the piano, or Tom Ellis, if it was a long enough shot where you could see his face, Tom Ellis actually would learn enough to be able to get through that shot. But he did actually start taking piano lessons during the, the seasons. And so he can play the piano a little bit now. Cool. Yeah. Now, Leslie, Br- Leslie Ann Brandt also can sing very well. There's, a, there's an episode in season four where she gets to show this. It's a very emotional scene, actually. <laughs> and, and for Maze, it was, you know, it was like, wow, that's some good character growth for that character, too. There's another episode where there is, a, I, I want to go specifically into, I, I won't talk about specifically the songs that they use, but I, I do want to talk about it a little bit here, just a little bit. But um, before we get into that. You had mentioned how they do a good job of picking music. Yes. And that is one of my pet peeves on shows, which my wife can attest to because she gets so, so irritated with me. And the <laughs> funniest thing. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> What, I can the hear funniest. the eye roll from here, and I'm 400 miles away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the funny thing is, one of my shows that I bitch about that does the worst job, and I think music makes it. I mean, look at Star Wars. Star oh, yeah. Wars would suck without John Williams. But one of the worst shows, in my opinion, about music, and I love the show itself, but whoever picks out the music sucks, <laughs> is Bones. The show that Lucifer loves, but that show sucks with music. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so bad. This the worst fucking music ever when she's looking at the bones and it plays this weird. Sh- uh, no, no, no. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that is funny. So I, I mentioned I got some sound bites that we're going to get to here in a little bit, um, but I had some that I couldn't find sound bites for. So I got some, I got some quotes that I wanted to, to read. Now it's just, um, it's just like three of them here. Um, and so the first one was from season two. There was a scene with uh, Chloe's mom, Penelope, and Amenadiel. Uh, so in, in the course of their conversation, Penelope says, "I used to believe everything happens for a reason, but now I'm not so sure." And Amenadiel um, says, "Me neither, but I do know that no matter how bad things get, the true test." is how we choose to respond to the pain we suffer or inflict. And I, I, I love that because for a long time, I've, I, you know, and, and it's not that I came up with this. I mean, I kind of you know, came to the realization of this on my own, but you know, once I did, I kind of went, wait a minute, I think I've heard this before. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, it's, to me, it's kind of like how you deal with life's events, you know, the things that happen to you, good and bad, how you respond to those, those make you who you are. True. So, you know, I just, it was a line I loved from the show that I wanted to find a soundbite for. And I, I kind of ran out of time, but I also kept forgetting to look for this one. <laughs> Moving on to the next one. <laughs> I did. So from season three, this was a scene with the Minadil and Linda. And uh, she's kind of, she's having kind of a crisis. It's surprisingly, the therapist was having a crisis. So Minadil, he, he says to her, there was a time when I too thought I knew everything. This was, this was back when I was an angel and spent all my time looking down on the world. But you see, I found that it takes looking up to gain perspective. It's a good reminder of just how much there is that we don't know. Words to live by. Yes, I thought so. Bastards. So, 
so this Sorry. one, yeah. <laughs> so this one, this one is from season one. It's from the pilot. And I did find this in a couple of videos, but people would, they would edit it. And I didn't, I didn't want to use a soundbite where I was going to have to edit everything back together. But this was Lucifer talking to Amenadiel after, you know, Amenadiel comes in to harass Lucifer again about going back to hell. And so Lucifer says, lately I've been doing a fair amount of thinking. Now, do you think I'm the devil because I'm inherently evil or just because dear old dad decided I was? Ah. Yeah, that's go, that goes with what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. How people look at you and that's what they see. And yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, I loved that line and uh, wanted to, wanted to get it out there. Ooh, um, I, I, I've got, I've got two quotes. Okay, cool. I would describe my sense of humor as 50 shades darker than yours. Which is very us. <laughs> True. <laughs> and of course, my ego really loves, I'm like walking heroin. Very habit forming. It never ends well. <laughs> <laughs> that is also from the pilot. <laughs> I, I recognize that line. <laughs> there, there are some very nice ones where he's sweet with Chloe and they're wonderful, but I just like those. Yeah, that, that was the thing. It was... I I started going through um, uh, IMDb uh, looking for quotes from the episodes just, you know, because because originally that was the whole plan was, you know, I, we were going to read these quotes. I had five pages just of quotes. <laughs> what there's now you told me about that. So I looked up. I, I actually have several. I, I tried being like you. My personality didn't like it. I mean, they're just <laughs> <laughs> there. are so Yeah, I mean, there, there were so many funny quotes and. Oh man! Oh, I'm going to close that down because yeah, I've got more too, and I'm I'm good. <laughs> yeah. So um, I've got some favorite episodes I want to talk about for season one. My my favorite episode, and I did not know this when I kind of I kind of looked at it. And went, yeah, that's my favorite episode, and then I found out this is Tom Ellis's favorite episode, and I think Lauren German said it was her favorite episode too, and they're talking entire series favorite episode. Nice. <laughs> now, I, I don't know that I would say it was my favorite episode of the entire series, but definitely my favorite episode of first season. And it's the episode, A Priest Walks Into a Bar. That's I love that. Yes. Um, for me, this is where the show really starts to, to mesh and gel and become what the series is. Not that the previous episodes in season one weren't good, but... I, just for me, this is where everything comes together. And, and this is where the show for me really takes off. It has a wonderful guest appearance by Coleman Domingo as Father Frank. And it's got this really great scene. And, th and this is the scene that Tom Ellis points to for why this episode is his favorite episode out of the whole series. Um, it's got this really great scene with uh, Father Frank and Lucifer actually bonding over music. They're having a piano duel. And, you know, Tom Ellis just had so much fun doing that scene. That's why he cites this episode as his favorite episode out of the whole series. And like I said, this is like episode nine of season one. And there's only 13 episodes in that season. If you watch the first eight episodes and you're like, eh, this, this is okay. If you watch episode nine and you are not hooked on that episode, I don't know that you're going to like the rest of the series. <laughs> it's, it's one of my favorite. Yeah, it is. It's one of my favorite episodes. Definitely my favorite of that season. Uh, moving on to season two, my favorite episode was Monster. Now, do you remember which episode that was? 
Hi, dude. Keep in mind that I have not rewatched these like you, and I, I also watched them as they came out. So for me, season two was five years ago. Yes. So for you, it was last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched it that much, but I did watch seasons one through five three times between Memorial Day and Labor Day. So that was 80 some episodes each time I watched it. Uh, bad episodes. Yeah. So the episode monster from season two, that was the, the one that starts with the zombie wedding. It is the only episode that takes place during a holiday. Do you know which holiday it was? Mardi Gras. Joaquin's birthday. Halloween. Oh, see, I actually got that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Takes place during Halloween. That's the episode where Maze takes Trixie trick or treating. Oh, yeah. She... <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'll talk about that. One of those scenes that in, in, in that part of the story in a minute. But this episode actually aired October 31st, 2016. So it actually aired on Halloween. So, yeah, I thought that was cool when I read that. So the, the scene, or one of, one of the scenes, the important scene with Trixie and Maze, when Maze takes Trixie trick-or-treating, they're walking along, and, and Trixie is dressed up as, do you remember who she was dressed up as? I do not. The president of Mars. Duh. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Not quite. <laughs> So she, Trixie says something about, you know, she just wishes Maze had had a costume too. And Maze was like, well, I do have something. Oh, yeah. She actually, yeah, good yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll give the spoiler on this one. So she, so, so Trixie's like, oh, okay, put it on. Well, Maze, Maze tells her, you know, turn, turn around, don't look. So Maze does her thing where she, she stops covering the rotting corpse demon face. She shows Trixie her true face. And, and it's like, you know, like I said, it's just half of her face. But when Trixie turns back around, you, you see the look of fear in Maze's eyes because she's afraid Trixie's going to freak out and, and reject her. And you remember, this is a demon forged in the bowels of hell who does not think that she wants to be friends with humans. And here's a seven, eight-year-old kid who looks at her and gets this huge ear-to-ear -ear smile on her face. Cool! <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, and, and and just the relief that comes over Maze is, is just, you know, I mean, fantastic just the way Leslie Ann Brandt played that scene. So going on to season three, and I'm going to do these in the order that they aired. So this one actually was one of the first episodes I watched or watched enough of. I, I had seen some of season two and I, I was, yeah, this is kind of neat, but I didn't know what to expect with how Lucifer was being portrayed and seeing Tom Ellis portray him in season two. It was kind of like, I he doesn't seem as dark and evil as I thought he would. Well, that's clearly not what they were going for. I came to understand. So I catch this episode of season three. I didn't catch all of it. And the parts of the episode that I kept catching were because I was slipping back and forth with something else. They were scenes that Lucifer wasn't even in, but Chloe and Linda and Dan are in them and they're in Lucifer's penthouse and it's Chloe's birthday and she's drunk and they're trying to get into Lucifer's safe because they want to know what's in there. They're, they're drunk. It's Chloe's birthday. <laughs> So Lucifer. naturally, yeah. what you do. <laughs> yeah. And Lucifer is not there because he is in 
Las Vegas dealing with something that has to do with Candy Morningstar, who he had married in season two, but he's getting divorced. They are, they are getting divorced, but you know, divorces take a long time. <laughs> it's the episode called Vegas with some radish. Uh, <laughs> I love that title, but th- this was the episode that really piqued my interest in the show. And it was after that, that I actually, I, I, and I wasn't, you know, watching it devoutly every week, but I was actually making a point of trying to catch the episodes or trying to catch as much of them as I could. And it, be, it was because of this episode, the season three finale, a devil of my word. It's, it's got the big reveal at the end, you know, and, 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 and that was the other thing, you know, the producers were like, Hey, yeah, we're going to have this really big cliffhanger at the end of, you know, the end of the season. So Fox won't cancel us because they knew Fox's reputation for canceling shows. Firefly. <clears throat> yeah. Fire, Firefly. <laughs> and and Fox canceled it anyway. So, <laughs> Church. yeah. And then uh, Boo Normal, which we've mentioned, uh, which which delves some into Ella's uh, Ella Lopez's past, um, and introduces her friend Ray Ray. That's, I said she had an interesting childhood friend. So it introduces Ray Ray, who was played by uh, actress Charlene Yi. I'm not going to say anything else about Ray Ray. I will say that Ray Ray is mentioned a few times throughout the series. Um, but you only see her in two episodes. The second time was the season finale of season five. Sure. Um, so from season four, the only episode I was going to mention as a favorite episode, Orgy Pants to Work. <laughs> that's that's all I'm saying. Somebody's been reading Dante's Inferno. <laughs> that's, that's another great title. <laughs> that's a good episode. But yeah, that's a great title. I love that title. Um, so from season five, I, I did have two from season five, but one of them I was going to talk about anyway, regardless of whether or not it's a favorite episode. Uh, so the one that's, you know, the, the one of them is Daniel Espinosa, Naked and Afraid. And I love this episode because it, it reminds me of The Hangover. And I mentioned The Hangover because Rachel Harris was in The Hangover. I, I love that movie because it's like, wait, did they just, no, they can't top. Holy shit. They just top. Well, they can't talk. Holy shit. <laughs> and that's what this episode was like, you know? It's bizarre. It, it, it did not take you where you thought it was going to go. Exactly. Like the hangover, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it, it reminds me of the hangover. I love that movie. So I, I really I really do like the episode. That's Daniel Espinosa, Naked and Afraid. And, okay, so I talked about Trixie's crayon drawing earlier. So there's a selfie that Lucifer takes of him and Daniel in this episode that becomes very important later on in that in season five and definitely in season six. But probably favorite episode from from this season, Bloody Celestial Karaoke Jam. <laughs> it's good. It, it is. And you know what? Let's come back to this one because I'll, I'll go ahead and, and say uh, from season six the last two episodes goodbye lucifer and partners till the end uh there's just so much emotion in these episodes and that that's really all i'm going to say about them so and, and funny enough those are the two episodes james has not watched yet <laughs> well you know what are you gonna do <laughs> <laughs> but um going back to bloody celestial karaoke jam i wanted to talk about that one regardless of whether or not it was a favorite episode from from any season because that's the musical episode right uh, some series, especially when there's a fantasy element, uh, Buffy the, the Vampire Slayer, uh, Xena, Warrior Princess, 
you know, sometimes these shows will do a musical episode. Uh, sometimes they'll do multiple. I don't know how many they did for Buffy. I know Xena had two or three. Uh, the episodes by themselves can be fine. Uh, fun. I mean, you know, I, I usually enjoy the episodes as standalone episodes. But as far as context within a series, I don't like them. Because why within the context of the series are these people suddenly breaking out in a song and dance for the entire episode when they've never done this before? Ooh, Scrubs has a good one. It does it? Scrubs is, there's a, a person who goes into the hospital because she has a brain thing and everybody singing and dancing is because of her issue. And when she gets it fixed, everything goes back to normal. See, so they, that... they do a good job of incorporating it, making it something. That is why... Bloody Celestial Karaoke Jam is my favorite musical episode of any series because of, of that exact reason. In the context of the series, there is an explanation for why this happened. And it's a good one. <laughs> it is a great one. Yeah, I, I loved it. So they released two soundtrack albums. They did one album of music featured in the series from the first five seasons where it's the, it's the characters in the show that actually perform them. Like I said, Tom Ellis does a lot of singing in the show and they, they, they did an album of, you know, performances that he did. They've got the one from season four with Leslie Ann Brandt singing. Uh, it, it's, it's really good, but they've actually done a soundtrack album for bloody celestial karaoke jam. And it's great. I, I, I loved it. Um, it, it was really, it was weird. I knew it was a musical episode when I sat down to watch it. But the way it started, one of the things that Lucifer will do when he is having an emotional crisis, you know, we, we've talked about the, the debauchery and the drugs and the sex and the alcohol that he uses to compensate or cope with, you know, the issues that he has with his father. But and something else that he will do, especially when there's something going on be between him and Chloe, is he will sit down at the piano and he will play music. He will play a song and sing as a matter of fact season four opened with him playing the song creep by what was it radiohead i think so i think yeah um well bloody celestial karaoke jam starts with him getting up in the middle of the night and going over to the piano and he starts playing chris isaac's wicked game now i will say this i respect chris isaac i know that song was a big hit for him i have never liked a rendition of that song i've never been a fan of that song the version that they did for this episode, I love it. I liked it. I don't yeah. Know. I, I, I didn't mind the original version much either, though. So I, so what I don't like about Chris Isaacs, I don't hate it necessarily, but he's got that twangy Southwestern sounding guitar tone. And I hate that. <laughs> I, I, I cannot listen to. It, it's not a country twangy guitar tone. It's a Southwestern twangy guitar tone. There is a difference between those. And I just, I do not like that sound. That's not what a guitar should sound like to me. It's almost like running your fingernails across a chalkboard to uh, me. But could you listen to it in a box with the Fox? Probably not. All right. You do not like Southwestern twang then, Sam I am. I do not. I, wait, did you say Sam I am or Sam I L? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but this version from, from Lucifer, it, I mean, I'm like, wow, I actually like listening to that. It's really good. Every song was really good. 
in, in this episode. And yeah, like, you know, like we said, there is a reason in story in the context of the series as to why they're breaking out into song and dance. <laughs> and it's a good one. It, it is. It is a really good one. It's a really good one. And, and in a way it kind of, it winds up showing the healing power of music because a little bit of a spoiler, some of the differences that Lucifer and God have, they resolve through music at the end of the episode or maybe not resolve, but at least get to a better place, you know? So I, I yeah, love that. And there, there yeah. And there's, I will say this there. Um, and I don't remember it. Maybe one of the two episodes of season six that James has not seen <laughs> there, there is a scene in season six. That's kind of similar to this, the scene with Lucifer and God, but I won't give any more, any more away than that. Yeah. Spoilers. Damn it. Yeah. Not, not that I give a shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right. So I got some sound bites. I was going to make a joke about biting. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> These were just really good quotes and, and I, just some stuff that kind of shows what's at the heart of the series. So this first one's an example of a session uh, that Lucifer has with Linda uh, in therapy. It's, it's more antagonistic than most of their sessions. But it's also a really pivotal one about halfway through season one. And often our feelings of loss connect to how we feel about who we are. Oh, right, so we're back on that, are we? You want to talk about my identity? Yes, because you're the devil. You told me your names, but you left out a few others. Abaddon, Balliol, Prince of Darkness. Someone's been brushing up on their Sunday school. Yes, but before you fell, you were known as Samael. The Lightbringer. I don't go by that name anymore. That was a name that connotated your father's love for you. <laughs> right. Was casting his son into hell also an expression of his love? No, God didn't cast you out of heaven because he was angry with you. How can you presume to know God's intentions? No, I don't. I can't. Then maybe stick within the limits of your intellectual capacity. Or maybe my simplicity offers me a different perspective. God cast you out because he needed you to do the most difficult of jobs. It was a gift. Gift? He shunned me. He vilified me. He made me a torturer. Okay, so in that clip, we start to see uh, the pain that Lucifer has dealt with for millennia and, and how it has affected him. All right. So in this next one, uh, it's more of the same session, picking up right where we left off. And he, he starts to talk about his time in hell, what it was like for him. And this is the first mention of the devil sitting on someone's shoulder. Yeah. Can you even begin to fathom what it was like? Eons spent providing a place for dead mortals to punish themselves. I mean, why do they blame me for all their little failings as if I'd spent my days sitting on their shoulder, forcing them to commit acts they'd otherwise find repulsive? Oh, the devil made me do it. I have never made any one of them do anything. Never. What happened to you is unfair. Unfair? This is unjust. For all eternity, my name will be invoked to represent all their depravity. That is the gift that my father gave me. It was an act of love. How do you know? Because you are his favorite son, Samael. Do not call me that, please. You are his fallen angel. But here's the thing, when angels fall, they also rise. All you have to do is embrace all that you are. That's why you actually throw salt over your left shoulder when you spill it. 
Because oh, that's who the devil sits. Ah, okay. I wanted to I wanted to mention about that symbolism of the devil on the shoulder, the devil and, an, and the angel on your shoulder. He mentioned it there, you know, but they actually they actually visually they play with this a couple of times in the series. There, there's one episode in season four where Chloe and Eve take those roles and Eve is, you know, trying to get Lucifer to do something and Chloe's trying to get him to stop. And they are literally the way they are standing is Eve's face is over one shoulder and Chloe's is over the other. (laughs) (laughs) And they do the same thing in season five. Only this time it's Lucifer and Michael kind of doing the same thing to Amenadiel. But, uh, and that's the funny thing. Lucifer takes on the role of the angel. The good angel instead of the fallen. (laughs) Yeah. And and Michael takes over the other role. (laughs) Which and it's even funnier because it's Tom Ellis in both roles, you know. <laughs> okay, so, so in the uh, the the soundbite we just heard, Linda's lines at the end, um, starting with the one about you know when angels fall, they also rise. That becomes uh, one of the main themes of the series. So this next one, I won't say which episode this is from, but this is Lucifer's just had something tragic happen, and he's back at his penthouse. And oh, is this the one where he loses his pet monkey? Of uh, Maybe. I was just trying to throw the listeners off. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's okay. So he's back at the penthouse and he, he's going to go out on the balcony and smoke a cigarette. And he's, he's trying to, he's trying to light his lighter and his lighter won't light. And there's a roll of thunder off in the distance, you know, because God does that. And Lucifer gets mad and he throws his lighter and he gives a soliloquy and it's something that I think a lot of people, it's about why bad things happen to good people. You cruel, manipulative bastards. Is this all part of your plan? It's all just a game to you, isn't it? Hey? Well, I know punishment, and he did not deserve that. He followed your stupid rules, and it still wasn't good enough. So what does it take to please you? Break your rules and you fall, follow them and you still lose. Doesn't matter whether you're a sinner. Doesn't matter whether you're a saint. Nobody can win, so what's the point? What's the bloody point? Uh, so that clip also is a bit of a foreshadowing of a, uh, a more comedic exchange in season five between Lucifer and God in Linda's office. Dun, dun, um, dun. Yeah. <laughs> it was... That was uh, that was a good one. So the reason that Lucifer, for for a time, cannot fly Maze back down to hell is because he cut his wings off to, to to keep him from doing that very thing, so that he can't go back to hell because he doesn't want to go back. He wants to stay in Los Angeles. No kidding. Yeah. So th- this this clip from early in season three is um, Linda has been helping Amenadiel dispose of Lucifer's wings, which which by this point started to grow back, and he doesn't know why. <laughs> and he keeps growing, he keeps cutting them off. So there's this pile of angel wings <laughs> in the penthouse. <laughs> I wonder how good those taste, you know, like chicken wings, but angel wings. Um, See, if you're going to cut them off, you can open up yeah, a food shack. You should. So, <laughs> so anyway, this, this, uh, this soundbite is, uh, uh, they're, they're doing that. And as they're doing this, Amenadiel talks about being tested. We all have pain that we hide, Linda. 
that we're just not ready to share with the world. It's very true. How do you know it's a test? Because I'm faced with having to dispose of the one thing that I so desperately want back. Could just be really bad luck. No, my father always has a plan. I don't doubt that anymore. Seems awfully cruel. Well, if it were easy, it wouldn't be much of a test, would it? So uh, the the next one is uh, from the same scene, and it says they are disposing of Lucy's wings. Um, Linda helps bring some clarity to what they've been talking about. Should we say something? I feel like we should say something. What do you want me to say here, Linda? I didn't choose this test. I don't even know if this really is a test. I mean, maybe I'm just torturing myself here. But if Lucifer wants to treat his wings like trash, then trash they shall be, even if it pains me in my very soul. I don't think Lucifer knows how much this hurts you. He never does. And even though he doesn't realize it, everything he does seems designed to hurt me. To test you. Wow. You're right. It's been right in front of my face all along. Okay, so I don't know if you noticed there. There was a key change in the background music right after Linda says to test you. And Amenadiel realizes that she's right. So this next one is Lucifer's confronting someone who has realized that Lucifer was telling the truth about who he is. And... It's, it's similar to the dialogue that he had with Linda earlier uh, in, in the earlier clip about humans actually being responsible for their own actions, but he reveals something important about the process of being tortured in hell. What is it with you humans? Huh? Always blaming me. I never make any of you do anything. That's not true. You trick us into sin, damnation. I have a story for you, reporter. One I've never told a human soul before. I take no part in who goes to hell. Then who does? You humans. You send yourselves, driven down by your own guilt, forcing yourselves to relive your sins over and over. And the best part, the doors aren't locked. You could leave any time. It says something that no one ever does, doesn't it? No. You're to blame. I am responsible for a lot of things, Reese, but not your soul, not your actions, and not whoever killed that poor girl downstairs. You... You have to be. Otherwise... And I just, I just loved this. So, yes, it's good. Yeah. Okay. So the last, uh, last couple of things here. In one episode, they're investigating what appears to be a ritualistic sacrifice, yeah. and <laughs> so Lucifer and Chloe visit a cult of Satan worshippers, and Lucifer has a Monty Python moment. No, 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 no. This is where I draw the line. Excuse me, excuse me, sorry, sorry. Hey, man. Just butt out. 
Right, I'm the real Lucifer, and I insist that you stop this nonsense immediately. I mean, have you heard yourself? It's embarrassing. Blue light coming out of your ass, or whatever it was. I mean, you preach rebellion, but you, you're misguided sheep and goat. Where's the real defiance? The free will? Yeah, free will. Free will rules. No, no, you're doing it again. Don't applaud. This whole thing's a sham. Woo, anarchy! <laughs> I mean, just, just look at this. What is this supposed to be? <coughs> Alien fetus? Pickled demon? He's the best Lucifer we've had in years. Lucifer! 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 <laughs> Someone killed this girl. She didn't deserve that. That is not what I stand for. Is that what you all wanted? Hey? <laughs> Lucifer's a very naughty boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah, yes, yes, that's an apropos comment because <laughs> here's the clip from Monty Python's Life of Brian. I've got one or two things to say. Look, you've got it all wrong. You don't need to follow me. You don't need to follow anybody. You've got to think for yourself. You're all individuals. Yes, we're all individuals. You're all different. Yes, we are all different. I'm not. You all got to work it out for yourself. Yes, we've got to work it out for ourselves. No, that's the point. Don't let anyone tell you what to do. Otherwise, oh, And now you can compare both of those clips to this bit from Steve Martin's 1978 album, A Wild and Crazy Guy. <laughs> and now let's repeat the nonconformist oath. I promise to be different. I promise to be unique. I promise to be. I promise not to repeat things other people say. Good. All right, that's all I got. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure you don't have more? <laughs> I uh, yeah. Cool. I I have nothing more. Whew. I mean, we've been recording for a while. And I did kind of want to check out the ending to um, Hot Tub High School before I go to sleep. Yes. <laughs> so um, I actually did want to talk about Hot Tub High School. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> so, so, so we mentioned that the character Chloe Decker was an actress before she became a cop. Right. Yeah, so, I don't know if we did. You mentioned her mom. I don't know if we mentioned Chloe being. I, I did. I, I, I did say that she had been an actress. Then her dad died. And then okay. right. she, she, so she became a cop. Well, the one movie she made was called hot tub high school. And the running gag throughout the series is that she had a nude scene that was spectacular, you know, according to Lucifer, <laughs> well, kind of like Phoebe Cates coming out of the pool and fast times at Ridgemont high. Yes. And that's exactly the comparison that Lucifer makes, you know, they said, Oh yeah, she was going to be the next Phoebe Cates, you know? So, there's like I said, it's, it's a running gag throughout the series, but there's an episode in season three. It's a flashback episode, which actually shows what happened 
when Lucifer came to Los Angeles in 2011 and decided to stay. <laughs> and there's a scene where he's interrupted by a minute deal before he can actually get started here. But he sits down with a DVD copy of Hot Tub High School, a bottle of lotion, and a handful of Kleenex. <laughs> <laughs> And this is before he ever meets Chloe. So <laughs> it was just so funny, you know, to, to see that. And uh, yeah, so I just. <laughs> it's good. It is. Uh, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I think that's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> Whew. All I right. Got nothing more. It's all gone. Oh no. No. <laughs> all I can hear now is Mr. Bill. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the Kool-Aid man. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, on that note, we should probably wrap this up. <laughs> probably should. <laughs> yeah. But it's a good show. You should watch it. You, you you should. I mean, you really should. It's um, yeah, it is fantastic. I love it. I you know, like like James said, he was watching it as it was coming out. You know, originally airing and everything on Fox, and I I knew about it, and I didn't I didn't watch it first season. And I didn't you know I, I caught a little bit of it second season. and thought it looked inter- interesting. Third season was where I really got interested in it. Of course, then Fox canceled it. And, sure. You know, yeah, yeah, and, and there's a season season five episode where they actually act well no there's there, there's a line in season four where he he mentions uh you know sounds like a show that'll get canceled soon uh, which was a reference to fox always canceling shows and then there's a, a scene in season five where they make fun of fox programming executives just like just, uh futurama did yeah <laughs> so oh yeah that's another great show that fox fucking canceled and then uh, Cartoon Network picked up rather than Netflix, but somebody else picked up and made it awesome again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was it Cartoon Network or Comedy Central? Eh, Cartoon Network Comedy, showed I the think, old ones. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's Comedy Central. Yeah. Cartoon Network showed the old ones, but Comedy Central picked up the new ones. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Like James said, you should definitely check this show out. It's uh, it's great. I, you know, I mean, it's got it's comedy, drama, fantasy, supernatural. Action, romance. Yeah, not so much on the police procedural. <laughs> don't don't expect it to be like law, like Law and Order. No, 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 or or even CSI or NCIS or any of those. But you know, the case of the week does serve a purpose. It's just not <laughs> case of the week that, that the purpose is about. <laughs> it's, it's about Lucifer, <laughs> exactly as, as it should be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, oh, all right man. so there it is awesome so, okay let's wrap this up <laughs> all right i'll help you out here so until next time i'm james i'm jody <laughs> we'll talk to y'all later <laughs> all right bye the macabre manor is brought to you by the twin terrors all right preserved stay tuned for some fun outtakes hello my name is lucifer morningstar and i Love drugs. Love them. Mm. Yummy, yummy, yummy. Can't get enough. And 
I've got lots of money mm, that I love spending on drugs. Not even picky. I'll do any of them. Mix them together sometimes. Uh, detective, you seem to have left on the central locking. Act like a child, get treated like a child. Well, isn't it illegal to leave a child locked in a car? Dad, what are you doing? Just making myself useful. Well, tightening up fittings, replacing washers. Don't want to flood on our hands. <laughs> What's hell like? Oh, hell is awesome. Your pain, torture, the screams of doomed souls begging for the sweet release of a death that will never come. <sighs> oh, you mean for you. Yeah, hell's gonna suck, bro. I don't care if you die. That's the sweetest thing anyone's ever said to me. Number. Oh, for goodness sake. Detective Decker. I'm afraid I don't know her badge number, Detective but I'd say with certainty she's a 34B, if that helps. Checks out! Well, of course it does. I'm never wrong when it comes to cup size. For a while, my mom, the goddess almighty, was inhabiting Charlotte's body. Right. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm just wondering, um, was the goddess ever inhabiting Charlotte's body while I was inhabiting Charlotte's body? You see, I prefer not to talk about this, Dan, but I do believe that there was some, um, overlap. Rest easy, I'm not a thief. Your valuables are untouched. Unless, of course, you consider your wife a valuable. In that case, I've touched her several times, <laughs> twice this morning. Whatever you'd normally do, just, you know, do the opposite. Too bad. I was totally going to have sex with you today. Really? Oh. Well played, detective. <laughs> the longer it takes, the angrier Maze is going to get. Who or what is Maze? Maze is the bounty hunter that's about to catch Rivers. Yes, and when she finally catches up with the poor fellow, she is going to tear him limb from bloody limb. It'll be fantastic. She can't do that. Oh, no, she definitely has the strength for it, doesn't she? Yeah, I... Yeah. Actually, do you have to bring a bounty back alive? Would just the head suffice? Because that is her thing. Mm. Maybe we could just super glue him back together on delivery. <laughs> what are you so upset about? I mean, it was a valuable teaching moment for the children. They are our future, after all. You're teaching them to grow drugs. No, 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 no. I'm teaching them to sell drugs. I know what you're trying to do, but I'm not going to let you ruin this, Samael. Very well. Michael. It's Michael. Is it? I mean, with twins, after all. Fairly certain Dad wanted them to rhyme. Dad? I did like the sound of that. Samael. Michael. <laughs> it's why I thought you weren't real cops. I mean, a guy named Lucifer and the chick from Hot Tub Hotel? High school, Hot Tub High School. She wasn't in the sequel. What a tragedy. Oh, I know. It's always sad when someone... You're talking about the wine, aren't you? Heartbreaking, yes. Crime-solving devil, it makes sense. Don't do the thing.